0: Cello luna, menza mara, mamma mia, mamma di Set the pill of fantasy, fill your me, batata tu Set the pill of vissa ioli, Sempre a besha martini Set the pill of fantasy, fill your me, batata tu Oh mamma, pisa the bacala Oh, mama. Welcome, everybody, and welcome to Hollywood Godfather oh, Podcast. As you can see, our guest list is getting so impressive. We're enjoying your letters and knowing that we're crossing over three or four generations with icons of the world and places of the world. And our next guest, after I introduce my co-host, Pat Picciarelli, and my co-writer, fortunately, and our millennium, Pat Oh, sorry, you were going to say something? Hi, everybody. Hi, bad. <laughs> and on Millennium, which I love, Megan Horan.
1: <laughs> How are we doing, guys?
0: And tonight's guest is a personal friend of mine, and I'm, I'm probably one of the few people that could say I was at a wedding at Club A in New York City at least two years ago, and... Um, The most elegant and pretty, Jackie Jordan. How are you, my darling?
2: I'm great. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. We're neighbors, and it's so great having you in the neighborhood and on camera now going out through the world.
2: Now we have to do a podcast instead of seeing each other.
0: (laughs) I know. It's crazy. Right? It's perfect. But to give you a little background on, on, on Jackie, Jackie probably... In her early years, married a gentleman who's, I think, the most authentic Damon Runyon character. He defies it. Would you agree, Jackie?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, he's a character in the new book. Oh, good. From Ed Patsy's. Tell,
0: tell Henry, this is your half hour now. <laughs> But what, why, why we, you know, we, we relate to your restaurant because she was right. co-owner and uh, to be at, at Mateo's on a Sunday night, it was like being at the Oscars if you can get a ticket. And uh, Sunday night, everybody had a table. People like Demont Morton, Sinatra, uh, a, a lot of guys that people don't even know, but they were major s- movers and shakers in show business and Mr. Beckerman had a dish named after him, and, and the, the First Lady of California, who then became the First Lady of the United States, Mrs. Yeah, Reagan, the right uh-huh. they, they were a steady guess. But I want her to tell her side of it, because she was the, the operator with, with Mikey, her brother-in-law, who was a character in himself, with that high-pitched voice of his.
2: Mikey.
0: It was amazing.
2: Well, it was the the place to be, not just Sunday night, but
0: oh no, I mean, but Sunday night was if you can get a ticket,
2: hottest hottest night. I mean, everyone you had uh, Al Davis. I remember having dinner with Spiro Agnew one night because he was after the fall party of one, and <laughs> my husband said, "Well, go sit with my friend Spiro." I said, "I'm not. Go- I can't just go walk over there and sit with him." He said, well, I'll take you over and introduce you. Honestly, he was so interesting. He was funny, so bright. I mean, it was the most fascinating uh, couple of hours that you could imagine. But every night was like that at the restaurant. Thank God. We had Marvin Davis, Al Davis, Lucille Ball, um, any star, many, many athletes. Politicians. Reagan was a, a very familiar face there. We, I met Jimmy Carter.
0: Um, oh, you probably had every president in the in the last ten to fifteen years.
2: Pretty much, pretty much. It was fun, oh. and it was. People say to me, well, "Didn't you? Didn't you hate it? You had to go there every night. and get dressed up." I said, are "You kidding? It was so much fun. You never knew who you were going to see." Yeah. And I loved it. I mean, it was so terrific. And even though I cook, I never had to, of course. But I could invite people as my guests. And you never knew who was walking, who was going to come in.
0: What were some of your personal experiences with Sinatra, though? Well, with
2: Sinatra, we had a special table. He liked to sit in the back corner at the big booth. And so he could see everybody, but no one could really see him. And the big problem with Frank coming in was once everybody knew he was there, nobody would leave. So you had uh, all these people waiting for a table, and, the, and they're rubbernecking, looking, oh, look, he's picking up the spoon. Oh, gee, what, what is he eating now? It's like, oh, my God.
0: I was one of those people for a long time.
2: <laughs> well, it's like gridlock.
0: I was in the other corner.
2: Oh yeah, you're so funny. But the, a good thing with him and a good story was the Mater D. Larry. He was Frank loved him, and he we had a, he had a big party, and Larry came over and he said to him, "Mister Sinatra, would you like a drink?" And he said, "Larry, Larry, Larry. The question is, what would I like to drink? Not would I like a drink, but you know that group well."
0: Oh my God! Yeah. Right. They they could drink really well.
2: They started they started early and. Uh,
0: oh, we'd close your place a lot of times, and they'd go up to Carmine's to play cards all night.
2: Right. Or sometimes they'd lock the door at Mateo's and do it.
0: Well, I know I was there for that too, <laughs> and the trains ran and ran and ran. The trains. Right. Tell our audience about those trains. I mean, it's legendary.
2: There were there were trains that were built about. Um, let's see, with very high ceilings. So like uh, 18 inches from the top of the ceiling, there was a miniature train set or an O, uh, an o line. Right, h right yeah. And that was the scale, the O scale. And then there were all sorts of buildings and we had the billboards from all the restaurants, a lot of them from New York, like Le Cirque and Nanny's and Bill Valletto. And we made the billboards of all the other restaurants. People, you know, it's not a competition. It's just other people in your in the same
0: the same circle. Yeah,
2: right. So and people loved it, and they were all lit. It was really really charming. They're actually still there, the trains.
0: Oh, did they? I kept them.
2: So they're still there. And then um, my late husband, Barbara Sinatra, had him build a train, the same sort of thing, but HO scale, which is much smaller. Yeah. In his office in Palm Springs.
0: That, that was towards the, the end of his whole thing, wasn't it?
2: Um, not really. Not no. really. That was probably in the... It was in the 80s. Why did he have this
0: fascination with trains, do you think?
2: I'm sorry, I didn't hear you.
0: Why did he have this fascination with trains?
2: Uh, he just did. He even had a caboose on his property with the... Uh,
0: hmm.
2: With his... um. Massage table and everything. Right. And, and then he had another one, like a little museum. He just I, loved trains.
0: I, I, I can, Pat, you never asked me that question. I could answer that question privately. Of
2: course, because of Lackawanna?
0: No, no. I'm talking about how he started with the fetish of trains. How? Well, his mother was a barmaid at right. the Oyster Bar in Hoboken. And she worked late hours.
2: At the Clam Broth?
0: At the Clam Broth, yeah. Clam Broth House. And, right. and with that... He was an only child, and she bought him a set of trains, not like our kids today have an iPad or watch TV. Right, right. And he'd have to play the trains in the living room so his mother can get some sleep, because she had to go back to work. So the trains was an, an early fetish of his. And then he skipped it for so many years with his career. And right. that's that's later on, it just became a thing with him. But gotcha. sure. Yeah, he loved
2: those trains.
0: And, and and really had a he would amuse himself for hours even later on in life with them,
2: right? He really did. He really did. It was a, it was um, just a novelty.
0: Yeah, like, and but and, but, so, was, but. For, for our for actually for our audience who follows you know us diligently about Sinatra, and, and I don't know if you are aware of this, Pat and I have been asked to write another book. And we're doing it. It's called Sinatra, the mob, and me. And so uh, the other thing, your husband, late husband, was delivered by Dolly Sinatra, his mother. And, and she, I mean, their, their career, I mean, not their career, but I mean, Sinatra and him early on in Hoboken had a friendship. Did you ever elaborate on that? Jackie? Did we lose you, Jackie? Yes. I
1: think we did.
0: Hopefully she'll call back in while we're calling in. No, but her her husband was delivered by Dolly, and maybe it's good that she's not on the air. Uh, Dolly, in taking him out, delivering him, damaged him permanently with the forceps. So his neck was crooked. Really? her husband was like, okay, what do you want to do? But his neck was always tilted. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> her husband was a character and a half. In fact, their wedding at Club A was thrown by a very close friend of mine and who basically handled Sinatra till he died, Louis Dome, Louis Purceller. And um, it was uh, a situation that uh, lasted forever. And then Louis... Was appointed his handler, Sinatra's handler. Later on, yeah. did you get her back on for us, Megan?
1: No, I just had to. I just had to text our tech guy Mike real quick. So I hope we can get her back. In the yeah. meantime, what was what was her husband's name? Her uh, late husband,
0: Matty Jordan, and he was from Hoboken. And, and Frank and him was school chums, and yep. they they hung out in the neighborhood. And the the, the the clam broth house, which is a a big part of our book early on, the new book we're doing, it was uh, that club was owned and run by two major families, the Gambinos and the Genovese family. <laughs> so it, uh, for our audience that's listening to it, you're gonna be hearing a lot about our book and the development of it. And her husband it will be in many chapters because of the Sunday night situation with, with Frank and how many times we frequented it. And then we used to have caught, not me, because I was never privy to the games, because these guys were, you know, they put up two, three thousand each and played till it was done. And then one night, they shot up the whole place. And it was, thank God they didn't kill anybody, but they owned the second floor, and so it only went through the floorboards, because they all carried guns. And they got stupid with it. And they said, let's make it believe this is a Western. And they had like a shootout. D. Martin, Sammy Davis Jr. I mean, <laughs> Frank Sinatra. You, you couldn't even make this stuff up. But it was... You know. how, long they,
2: how long did they own that restaurant?
0: To, you know? Oh, my God. I would have to say it's... Until he, he died, she ran it for a while, then she sold it. And then right next to it, it was so successful, the people wanted him to have a place where they can go to lunch. So he opened the Hoboken diner in, in California, it was called the Hoboken Diner, Hoboken Cafe, which was packed from 11 o'clock at night until they opened this up. But it was uh, a legendary place. It was on Westwood Boulevard. But I, I, and did, I,
1: you, did you meet her first or did you meet her husband first?
0: Oh no, I knew Maddie 100 years. I, I, I again, maybe it's good she's not here. When the, her wedding in New York, Louis Dome threw it at Club A. So we're all going and Maddie was an old man already and he shows up with her and we thought it was a joke. The, they really got married and she married him. He was, I think Maddie has to be 30, 40 years her senior at that time. So and do you she, know
1: how long they were together?
0: Until he died, until he died. I, I don't know how they met or anything because again, it, you know, I wasn't privy to that. I was doing so many other things at that, that time in the 70s making movies and all that but um they said we're going to a wedding and i'm saying wedding and then he walks in with her <laughs> it was probably the prettiest woman he's ever had in his life but uh, and, and she i mean she, she's gorgeous now you should have saw her then and yeah, uh, yeah pretty pretty lady. yeah
1: she's beautiful
0: i hope we can get her back well, we'll we'll have to do in there the segment on it because.
1: Do you want to just take a quick break, see if we can get her back on, and then we'll come right back on air? They won't they won't even miss a. Second. Yeah, why
0: don't we do that and get her back? Because she has some things to say. Exactly. All right. Let's well, let's, do let's do take a take, we'll take a a. a, a fa- why don't we do it? How about this? Why don't we go to commercial? We have a sponsor now. Perfect. We're, we're idea. going to commercial. Today's show is being sponsored by. Caudillone Fine Italian Food Products. This sponsor really means a lot to me. Caudillone Fine Italian has taken the heart and soul of the Godfather films and created a line of food products that include pasta sauce, balsamic vinegar from Modena, Italy, Genco extra virgin olive oil from Sicily. They created delicious pasta sauces, Marinade, tomato basil, arrabbiato, and my favorite, Clemenza's meat sauce. You will be amazed. You will think your grandmother made the sauce herself. Leon, Italian.com That's Leon, Italian.com Our second sponsor tonight is very close to me personally because you know how I love to dress. La Cosa Mia will be coming soon. This is just a teaser. Each week we'll be bringing you more ways to get in touch once their website is up This line of clothing is from all over the world, and I'm sure you'll want to wear it. Hi, Patrick Picciarelli here. Before we get to our listeners' emails, a quick word about the new fiction book series I've launched. Private investigator Ray Yale tackles his first two cases in Bloodshot Eyes and The Pop Line. Both books are in paperback and are available on Amazon.com. I've been a P.I. for 30 years, and these books are based on my cases. Enjoy. There
2: Wait,
1: she is. There you
0: are. I, I, thought, I thought it was something I said.
2: <laughs> no, no. The, the power cord, for some reason, had come out. Oh, okay. Oh, man. I'm so sorry.
0: Oh, I'm no, sorry. no. We, we just did an edit. Don't
2: worry at all.
0: You got another 20 minutes. We want it all. We want everything you could give us on this.
2: Okay, okay. So let's see. I know you want another tidbit on Sinatra is that he loved Christmas. Right.
0: Did you know that? Oh, yeah.
2: He loved Christmas. We'd be there every uh, Christmas Eve and have a big party. And oh, the then, big
0: fish dinners, yeah.
2: It was so much fun. And then he'd go to Midnight Mass.
0: Oh, I never knew him. he went to church. Because yeah, he, he used he to did. laugh at me all the time about going to church. church. He right. probably only went to church on Midnight Mass then. <laughs> Must right. have meant something to right. him. <laughs> yeah, a good, good Shepherd Church, on little Santa Monica right. Boulevard. Well, I knew where he was buried at, and I knew he went there a couple of times. And then and we remember we had my son Luciano's uh, uh, baptismal dinner there. And that's when Barbara was trying to say, Frank, give that kid back. And I said, excuse me, Barbara, that's my son. <laughs> give that kid back. And he was holding the kid. <laughs> well, you know how she was a piece of work. Right. Oh, my right. God. Oh, but tell us about the Christmas.
2: Well, the Christmas parties were fun. And the fun, really fun guests that were there all the time. And this is another, like, throwback. were Steve and Edie because... Oh, I
0: know. He loved them.
2: They were so great, but, you know, they really loved so much what they did that they would do like, oh, do you remember this song? And they just break out into song at the party, which yeah. most entertainers aren't like that. I right. mean, you are. But most people, they just aren't. I mean, no. this was really very nice uh, gathering. You had Gregory Peck, uh, anybody that you could think of, very high-profile Hollywood. And did he
0: invite everybody for that night?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, he did. It was, a, it was a close party for sure. Right. But uh, Steve and Edie were always there, and they were such good participants.
0: Well, you know, Steve should be very happy that Edie liked him because she her father was a powerhouse. Nobody knew that. Her was father what? was a major, major guy. Did you know that? No. Oh, yeah. Edie Gourmet's father was very connected. And... Uh, she brought Steve into the picture and made his career, basically. And then Sinatra, you know, he he, right. he promoted them as most, as best he could and did a great job with that.
2: Absolutely. They were
0: very indebted to him.
2: They were, but it was so much fun to start, you know, oh, name a song, and then they'd start singing. And the last time that we were all together, we were at the restaurant at Mateo's on a Sunday night, and they said, let's go to the peninsula. And... We'll, you know, we'll have to, we'll get the piano player, and we'll, you know, we'll sing some songs. And Maddie at the time, he said, you know, come on. I said, I can't go. I, we haven't eaten anything, and you know what kind of a night this is going to be at the oh. Peninsula. Yeah, hello. I said, so let me get have a meatball or something, and I'll meet you there. So I get there, and they've already had like ten drinks each. It was just unbelievable. So now they're talking about, well, we're going to sing. It with Stephen Eddy, Phil Ramone. Um, Who else was with us?
0: Did Sinatra go also?
2: Oh, yeah. It was Sinatra's idea. Oh, wow. He wanted to go there. He said, okay. And then the funniest part was, after all these drinks, he said, well, could you tell him to move the piano over here to this side of the bar? (laughs) They were all trying to figure out, because he had asked how they were going to move the piano. I said, don't. Do you think that we can't, like, uh, all walk, like walk, walk over, over there? Them? Yeah. <laughs> can't, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. I, thank God that one person in the group didn't, wasn't drinking, which was me.
0: That's funny. But
2: it was so terrific. And then I got him to sing, like, three different songs. One was um, the Bunny Berrigan, Can't Get Started. Oh, yeah. But I love that song. And he sang it at the peninsula. I got him to sing. A couple more things, and everyone was like around the circle because everyone from Mateos—they weren't in our little group—but okay. everyone who knew we were going there,
0: of course,
2: ran right over to the peninsula, and they were like all encircling the barn. Of course, our part was all cordoned off.
0: Yeah, and, and just for the people that our audience are not familiar, the peninsula was about a half a mile, if that, from your restaurant. So you right. just you just go up Little Santa Monica Boulevard on Westwood Boulevard, and you pull right into the bargain lot, which was the hot hotel at the time.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that hotel, but it was quite a night because it was like being in the lounge in Vegas after the show. Oh, yeah. It was that kind of an evening. Yeah. And, you know, my customers like waving at me. It was very funny.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, They they want to be in the know. But right. the interesting thing, too, I'm just thinking, at a hotel bar, they probably kept it open to any any hours he wanted.
2: Yeah, yeah. Then he said, let's go dancing. And everyone said, where are we going to go dancing? Six <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Where are we going to go? No, it's yeah, crazy. You know, those were the days. But I yeah. mean, nobody, there was nowhere to go dancing then.
0: The only place we did go dancing one time, and it was, what's her name's um, daughter, she, in fact, she was having tango lessons. What was her name? A major actress. Um, hmm. and, and Jack Nicholson was dating her at the time. Really? Yeah, and she opened a club. And she actually gave tango lessons on Monday nights, which what? became became a, a thing to try to get into that. What was her name? May, oh, I'll think of it in a minute.
2: Not at Cicada.
0: Who Not Fran
2: Jeffrey's daughter.
0: No, 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 no. No, major actress, this girl is.
2: Okay.
0: No, no, no. Mikado, no. I, 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 I they, no, but they,
2: Ben they, Jeffrey's daughter married Bernie Talpin.
0: Right. Oh, you you must have so many great stories just being a fly in that crowd.
2: <laughs> that was the fun part.
0: I know, thank God.
2: That just being in the background. I loved it. I loved it. I like to plan the whole thing and then...
0: You know, just hang. No, but it, uh, I mean, we could talk for days and days and days. I mean, I, I made so many deals just being there because I kept my table every Sunday night, which you knew. And uh, my last family, who I, uh, I, I, I still miss, was, uh, they couldn't believe it because, you know, they, they were just straight people. And I think my, 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 my wife at that time was three years old but to be with Sinatra and my mother in law and her grandmother, they would never miss a Sunday night. And thank God they always gave me that opposite corner. You know, when you walked in the dining room to the right, I was always right. in that corner. Yeah. Right.
2: That was a great table, too, because you could see everything.
0: I know. I loved it. I loved it.
2: are terrific.
0: No, it was great. And then go to that bar. I remember, and uh, Shannon was pregnant with Luciano, and a, a very. You know, it's a very touching thing because Sinatra, you know, went to the bar periodically. He did. I know. And, And Sinatra, and he saw Shannon, she was starting to develop, and he kissed her stomach. Which so
2: Italian.
0: I know it's so Italian, but everybody around us say, "What's he doing? Johnny's kissing your wife's stomach." I just know he's kissing my yeah. baby. You wacko! <laughs> it's, true.
2: it's true. He used to love to go to the bar and. When he, when people least expected it, and he'd like to see their reaction when I they know. Walked in and they saw that he was like actually really
0: there. I've seen people actually stuttered when he asked them a question because they didn't know how right. to answer him.
2: <laughs> right, they couldn't believe that he was just standing at the bar at Mateos. No, this that was such a great thing. Oh so my God,
0: fun. you know, I, I the one thing I, I I I was out of the country. Uh, Right after Maddie's death. And I don't even remember, because when we were off camera. How long did you keep it after Maddie died?
2: Um, Let's see. He had a a long decline.
0: Oh, my God, yeah.
2: It was, um, I I stayed, I, I kept the restaurant, let's see. He died in August 99. And I sold the restaurant in November of 2000. So almost 2006. So, so like six years. Yeah,
0: six years, yeah.
2: And then um, the woman that bought it wanted the name and everything. I did what you call a bulk sale. They didn't really buy the business per se, but the assets of the business, the, the, uh-huh. the property, the both properties.
0: Oh, they she and, bought the properties too? Uh-huh. Who financed her? <laughs> <laughs>
2: She, she has a husband she had like uh, her name is Claire Heron she has like eight children someone said oh is she a wealthy woman I said first of all if you have to be wealthy to have eight children in this day and age yeah. you can't be poor and then they were all like attorneys doctors very very prominent she and three of her kids bought it then she bought them out
0: oh that's wild yeah and did, did she keep the cafe open too next door yes oh yes, that's the great
2: opens open open
0: Oh, it's still open now. Yeah, oh, they still, still over. They're still operating
2: it. Absolutely.
0: Oh, right. wow. Absolutely. She, she should have kept the chef. <laughs> I heard the food is not good anymore. <laughs> well,
2: th- there are you know, there are some good chefs there because I, I the ones from Hoboken.
0: Right. Oh, Hoboken, Hoboken is great. Now. I'm talking about well, the I restaurants. I moved him
2: there. over to the main restaurant. Yeah. So he's there still. Oh, good. And they still act like it's my restaurant, which is so funny when I go there.
0: Well, they should. That's respect, it's called.
2: It's very respectful, but right. I'm the worst. I try. I put my back to the door because when I'm looking around, I see a light bulb out, you know, and it makes me, it, it upsets oh, me. Oh, yeah. Well,
0: you're a true owner, that's why.
2: Oh, so exhausting. How
0: was that transition? Because when we were off camera, I talked about your wedding briefly, and we were all shocked. We thought it was a joke. Because, you know, it's like, uh, you're such a gorgeous woman, and Maddie, you know, not that he was ugly, but he was a character. We all knew him. And we're saying, wait, until the end of the night, unbeknownst to you, we said, this has got to be a joke. It's got to be a joke. How did he get this girl to come here, first of all, with him?
2: (laughs) Well, the thing is, really, when I met him, he was very, very down, and You know, he was just in a very depressed state with all the gambling and everything. Oh, hello. Right, right. So he had uh, Mickey Rudin for years was trying to get him a divorce. So then when he met me, he said...
0: Let let me interject for our audience. Mickey Rudin was Sinatra's attorney and that's how he got Mickey Rudin. Mickey Rudin was a major, major guy.
2: Major, major attorney. Yeah. And anyway, so... Mickey got the property he he did, got the divorce but not the property settlement. And that took like a uh, three more years. Uh, it was very very difficult period.
0: Oh, so but, you you were dating him all that time?
2: No, well, we got married, but we didn't it was like a big a big lawsuit to finalize the property settlement. Because
0: Oh, she probably was jealous. Hello.
2: You want that's what I said. You should never let any her know that you have someone that you want to get married to yeah
0: hello that's why i've I've gone through that myself and believe me right
2: right and he said oh i just want to be honest i said oh you know i wasn't stupid i said this isn't gonna work out you know and then we were there three days in three days we split the week which was really difficult i know but anyway it all it all worked out in the
0: end. But the, the, the funniest story, I I, I I was told by Certo that we, we referenced a couple of times, when they used to bring Maddie to the desert, to Palm Springs. Right. And they used to put him in the back of the station wagon. And they used to put the brakes on Pat. And so these trucks would come, come close to him. In the, and he couldn't turn because he had a bad neck.
2: The angiosing spondylitis. That, I mean, was the, that was when we went to the mama's funeral.
0: Yeah, I remember. That's what I'm saying. Yeah.
2: Right. That right. was Dolly's funeral. Right,
0: right. That was crazy. But I mean, it was, I mean, it was almost, it, well, it was funny, but for the reason where it should have been morbid because we're going to Sinatra's mother's funeral. And, oh, I know.
2: Uh, I know. And Judy Tannen said, don't make fun of my Maddie. She adored him. Oh, I you know, know. Another thing, when uh, they, Frank brought him down there, when the old man Kennedy was visiting, right. And Maddie was doing like catering for them. He was doing the cooking, and then he said, Frank said, you know, hit some balls with him, hit some tennis balls. Well, Maddie couldn't move his neck, as you said, right. So when he went to back up and hit the ball, he fell down and broke his arm. Oh my! <laughs> That well, would only
0: be Maddie.
2: <laughs> to be cooking, right?
0: That's funny.
2: It's a tragic, probably, but.
0: Oh, I know, but I'm saying, but it. It,
2: but it is funny. It is funny because he backed up and he couldn't uh, bend his neck.
0: I mean, he didn't really have any flexibility at all.
2: <laughs> no, no. It was, it,
0: uh, I'm shocked he played tennis.
2: It was fused. He didn't really. Yeah. But, you know, Frank. Hello. Get out there and hit some balls with him
0: I know, that's when I went to his house the first time I was for, He gave me three private lessons for singing And Dar- Dorothy said, make sure you bring a bathing suit Then I get to the house and they open the door And he said, did you bring a bathing suit? And I said, what's with the bathing suit? I don't want to swim, I want to sing <laughs> So he says, go out into the cabana and get a bathing suit I'll be right out and you know, typical him with the robe, the cigarette, and a cup of coffee. He's right. get get in the pool. I said, Frank, I don't want to sing. He said, You want to sing, you got to get in the pool. And all I did for two days was submerge myself to expand my lungs. He was teaching me how to breathe first.
2: That's fabulous.
0: Which is, you know, it's a, how are you going to get that that kind of a lesson.
2: That is a fabulous lesson.
0: Yeah, and it paid off. I'm still singing.
2: Well, didn't he learn that from Dorsey, I think?
0: That's where he got it from, exactly. Because right. he, he didn't know how Dorsey was breathing. Right. And that's how Dorsey taught him about the diaphragm. Right. Now, that's why we're going to have so much fun. And I uh, I want our audience to know, they, they're going to hear a lot more about you and the restaurant because you're gracious enough that you are going to let Pat, who's my co-writer and co-hosting here tonight, that we can... Pick your brain and get some more classic stories,
2: be great. because yeah. we have I'll, to. I'll be more prepared. I'll make some notes.
0: No, it's great. But the interesting thing is, I think like uh, Henry was bringing up in the prior show, how these young kids, even my kids and my grandchildren, they're so starved for these kind of places. They don't exist anymore. They are. They, and they they don't know how to converse. They don't know how to do what we do, and just well, sit. Yeah
2: a little niece that was in like the front row at one of the shows in Vegas. And she was just tiny, but she knew all the words to the songs. Frank was like so blown away. Oh, wow. You know, this little four-year-old was like singing all the songs along. Mm -hmm. He loved that. I mean, he really, really was aware of the fact that, you know, that that was very, very enlightening for him because at least the music
0: would live on. That's what, he was so, he was so important. You know, one of the things he said to me after the end of the lesson, he taught me one particular tune that meant so much to him and Ava Gardner, That's why he did it. And he made me promise that anytime I do a show that I would include that tune. And every time I set the tune up saying that, the, the audience—you could hear a pin drop. It was like him singing it. Is that because he, he did leave such a great memory in music?
2: Which song? All
0: yeah. the way. Yeah. Um,
2: that's that's such a great song.
0: And and but he taught me all the phrasing, where to breathe. So I i I got it. To, in fact, the girls—I forgot who. I think um, uh, Jerry Weintrop. I did one engagement for Herb Alpert up in um, Vibrato. Vibrato,
2: right.
0: And I was there, and he brought them to the show. And after the show, I walked over to say hello to Nancy and and Tina. And Tina gave me the greatest compliment in the world. She said, that's the second best version I ever heard of that. Well, how
2: fabulous.
0: And from her. uh, Yeah, hello. Not easy
2: to get a compliment.
0: That was Dolly reincarnated. (laughs) You know, Frank tried Frank tried to hook me up with her. Ugh. And all I kept seeing was his mother, her <laughs> mouth. You know, nobody cursed more than Dolly, but Tina was right there next to her, man. Right up there. Yes. Right up
2: there.
0: Right, I mean, it was crazy times. We want to thank you. And again, Pat and I are looking so much forward to spending time with you on the phone. We won't put you on Skype or any of this stuff. Okay. We could just okay. talk on the phone and at your convenience and uh okay. but thank Jack- you
2: Megan we didn't speak but thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you Jackie thanks for coming on absolutely no. thank you
0: Pat Ooh. Pat she's saying thank you and I'm saying thank you back oh we okay. didn't hear now you we
2: hear you. okay
0: now okay. we did he, he he has a tendency to lean so far back he leaves his mic behind
2: yeah <laughs> he's comfortable, yeah. <laughs> he's comfortable.
0: Well, thank you, Jackie.
2: You're welcome, neighbor. And and
0: God bless you. Stay safe.
2: You too. Good night, Jackie. I'll see you
0: on the street.
2: See you on the streets.
0: Perfect. (laughs) Bye. Bye now. It's time for the mailbag. My favorite part of the show. Or should I say, one of my favorite parts of the show.
1: Exactly. All right. First, we have Sam. Sam says, hey, Megan, can you ask Gianni if Anthony Raimondi is the real deal? By the way, the show is awesome. It plays on one of our construction sites every
2: Wednesday, LOL.
0: Oh, that's great to know. Do you hear that, Pat? They're they're playing it on a construction site. (laughs) An Italian working construction liking our show. Hello. I love (laughs) it, man. I love it. Anyway, who is this guy? Who's Ray Raimondi? I was just going to ask the same question.
1: (laughs) Anthony, know, Anthony Raimondi. I don't know who he is. What
0: do you mean he's the real deal? In what? What does he do? <laughs> is he a gangster, a movie star? I don't even know who he is. Who is you know what? Once we find out who he is, we'll give you the question. Because we we want your loyalty on the construction side, especially. we will give you the
1: question. Go ahead. All right. Next is from Seth. Seth says, I want to know more in depth about Gianni's great uncle or grandfather, question mark, Angelo Russo, and how he knew Frank Costello, and how did he have a hand in sending Frank's family to America? Frank Costello was four years old, and his father wasn't in the mafia, so how did this come about?
0: It came about because of my great uncle, who I never met, he was hung in 1947, but was a legend, and." I don't know, I mean, where this kid found out that uh, anything about Costello's father, I never knew anything about that. All I know is when I finally got to sit with Costello, he said my uncle was responsible for sending Carlo Gambino, Vito Genovese, and him to America. So obviously, if he came here at four, he had a, his father had some somebody that wanted him to come here. He may not have been a mobster, mobster, but he had a friend of a friend. So I I can't answer that question. And you know, you gotta understand one thing. When I was 12 and 13 years old, and Costello was talking to me, I never questioned the thing he would say. (laughs) Nobody would, he was that intimidating. (laughs) You just listened and yes him to death. But uh, So I, I can't give you any insight on that, other than my Uncle is still well-respected. He comes up in conversations all the time. So he was a legend early on with La Cosa Nostra.
1: All right. Next one is from Tony. Tony says, Johnny, out of the mob, films, business, etc., which group would you say you maintain the closest friends from, and can you name them?
0: I, I can, but I won't. The mob, I, I have great friends, and they're my friends because they know I don't exploit them or talk about them. No, but you know what it is? All I know is neighborhood, all my life. And you know. yes, I became an actor, and I, I can't say, uh, the acting world and the people in it, they're, 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 most of them stay in character, most of them are, I'm not that guy, I wanna hug you and invite you to my house for pasta. My mob friends still come here, and uh, I don't even like to refer to them as mob friends. They're just a way of life, and they've en- enriched me in so many ways. And I'm, I'm, I'm with a, a lot of them all over Chicago, every, every major city where s- some of them still exist. They're, they're, they're a, tr- a true friend and a loyal friend, as long as you don't cross them, obviously. You gotta play by their <laughs> rules and one of their rules is don't talk about me on on podcasts <laughs> <laughs> it's in the mafia handbook don't talk yeah. about in the yeah. I, I don't think right. they even had that in, in the handbook podcast they <laughs> don't even know what that is
1: <laughs> all right next one is from kane kane says recently someone said that the real mafia power is in naples not sicily is this true
0: there are two very fascia, strong fashions yes that is true nabolion and and sicily are the mainstream i would say there i would say sicily's a little stronger but don't ever underestimate them i can't mention their names but they are very powerful yet yeah. yeah. that's why it's a funny story when i talked about when Segal met john Gotti and he starts talking Sicilian to him, and Gotti went crazy. He said, what are you talking Sicilian to me for? He says, I'm not going to talk Hebrew to you, Mr. Siegel.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Siegel.
0: I'm from, Novel- I'm from Naples. I'm Nominan. Get out of here. And he chased him.
2: Oh,
1: wow. Yeah. All right. Next one is from Chris. Gianni, what would you say has been the single greatest thing that has come from being in The Godfather?
0: From being in The Godfather? Being in The Godfather. <laughs> it's it's the gift that doesn't stop giving. And we're about to experience that, and all of you will also. Fortunately, uh, f- f- uh, they're releasing Godfather 3. They finally woke up and said, we made a bad movie. How do we correct it? And they changed the beginning, the end, the middle, and all that. And that's a buildup. Then they're doing two. And then on February 12th, 1922 which is the 50th anniversary they're recutting one and that's going to be a whole revelation all over again so to answer your question by that time it'll be 50 years and so for 50 years the godfather's done so much for me in so many ways that i i don't you know that's it just being in the movie has changed my life
1: all right Next is from Mateo. What actor would you choose, dead or alive, to represent you in a movie?
0: Well, if I could, I mean, we're we're in a dilemma right now casting what we're doing. But if there was a a young Bogart around, I would love to have, you know, Bogart to be was like the... What would you say, Pat? I would say Bogart. If you're looking for a Bogart type, he was one of a kind. So don't hold your breath. Right. Oh, yeah, Uh, I'm saying, yeah. I would think... Uh, That's Vince, the dilemma now. I, I would think Vince Vaughn uh, would be uh, uh, good to play you. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah, because I'm, I'm I'm not a serious guy, and he's... he's Yeah, he could do it. Yeah. I, I Me, mean, selfishly, for a new actor, I mean, I, I have a, a great respect for Leonardo DiCaprio, but he would not do this. But I think he could do it. You know, so he did Jay i hate the jag, go over, he can do anybody. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean <laughs> Yeah, right. But uh that, that I mean if we had to pick one today, I would say that kid. How about you, Megan? Who would you pick to play Yeah, yeah that's a good one. I mean question. I think
1: I think seeing someone like Leonardo DiCaprio play Gianni would be unreal.
0: Well we'll That them. would
1: probably be my choice too. But
0: yeah, it been and, fun,
1: I, always a good one too.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Next.
1: Next is from Joseph. Joseph says, Johnny, did you know Joe Jinxie Familaro from East Village, Brooklyn?
0: No. no. These are all newcomers. And and Brooklyn, I was never involved with Brooklyn at all. The only guy I got involved with early on was Joe Colombo because he was based out of Brooklyn. And mm-hmm. uh, no, I'm, I'm a New York guy. See, a, a lot of people are relating to me being in New York, I, which I always will be, but I I spent 30 years from 59 to 89 traveling the world, doing other businesses and making movies and being based in L.A. Always keeping my foundation in New York, but uh, all those new people I didn't know them. Like I I didn't know Sammy the Bull. I knew of him because I you, oh, know, okay. you know it's that kind of a thing. And John Gotti, I knew as a, as a basically a hijacker from uh, Bensonhurst, knew of him. I didn't. it was later on. I got to meet him when he got to the fame he wanted. Short-lived, unfortunately, because he went to jail. Hmm. All
1: right. Next is from Alex. Gianni, you've mentioned on a previous podcast that you know Joe Bonanno's neighborhood in Tucson very well. Did you visit Joe Bonanno frequently back then? Did you have any business with him or on behalf behalf of Frank Costello, any interesting stories about Bonanno?
0: Well, the reason I know Joe, I mean, I knew Joe er again uh, early on. I was sent out to see him, not realizing that when I landed in Arizona, I had to take another hour and a half ride out to where he lived. <laughs> and uh, I, I got to know his son, Bill Bonanno, who was an up-and-coming couple Regime, but I, I never could see how that could be, but they did. And the Bonanno family s- still exists, very fragmental, but it still exists. But uh, we, we had some questions, and I'm not that I did, but I was, uh, again, a messenger. And I enjoyed his company. He's a, a gentleman and a half. I mean, to be exiled out there, you must be a cactus.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one is from Jim. Patrick, if you could be a part of any of the films Gianni was involved in, minus The Godfather, what would it be? Let
0: Lepton, oh. great one, yeah. That was a great era. I had so much fun in that movie. It was uh, rather an underappreciated movie. I, yeah, I could see you definitely in there. I mean, if you were, uh, that would have took it at another level. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hmm. All right, next one is from Sam. Gianni, have you ever been to Trenton, New Jersey?
0: Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> That writer isn't from Trenton.
1: <laughs> I
0: just lost him. Well, yeah, there
1: we go. Can't can't isolate anybody out.
0: That's funny, Trenton. That's wonderful.
1: I've been to Trenton hundreds of times.
0: What it? Now let's ask you why.
1: <laughs> because it's an easy way to get to Philly. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. It is right. Yeah. Once you get off there, there that's
1: Easy train ride, don't have to book time. In fact, now,
0: you just corrected me. I've been to Trent because that's the easy way to get to Atlantic City. There you go. I switch trains and go another little train right to Atlantic City. All
1: right. Next one is from Nikki. Johnny, do you have your shirts custom made?
0: Funny you should ask.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Good transition. Good
0: transition. My shirts I design and make, and you could be able to wear them as early as this this first quarter of next year. The, the brand is called La Casamilla, which means My Thing, by Gianni. So they'll be in many places, and uh, we just had meetings, because of all of the vacancies throughout major cities, we're doing pop-up stores for only one ma- month in each major city for La Casamira. Will your line be uh, available online? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. That, that's one of the big things we're doing with them. No, we'll, we're ready to go. You'll have a chance of the shirts, uh, sports jackets, slacks, coordinating scarves, uh, even masks, Socks and ties, which I don't wear, but they say you got to have them. Most conventional people do wear them, especially <laughs> at 15 degree weather. <laughs> but, that scarf yeah. wearing be part of your new line. What's that? The spiffy scarf that you're wearing be part of your new line. Well, I mean, if you notice, the scarfs match the lining inside of my shirt, that and that, cool. we're coordinating all that, and they match. They match the cufflinks that go along with them. <laughs> now I'm making it easy, and and it's funny what's saying about that because uh, La Mia will become a, a a sponsor for this show, obviously. But the the uh, we don't even not only sell you the shirt, we show you how to maintain it. So I mean, it's a different way of approaching getting style, and it's it's suggesting for people who really don't know how to coordinate colors, but we, we will do that for you. And it's not buying a shirt and you trying to mix and match it. We, we made a deal where my clothes are in a freestanding kiosk in a men's department, like Nordstrom's and, and Dillard's and that. So you walk and it's a square, shirts, shoes, Everything is coordinated, so you don't have to walk around trying to find it and putting it together. It'll all be coordinated.
1: Very good, I'm excited.
0: Yep, I am more so. <laughs> it's been a long time coming.
1: All right, well that's all we have for tonight.
0: Well it's a great way to close.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Get the, the double entendre, great way to close.
1: <laughs>
0: ah!
1: Clever, you are so good.
0: Yeah, very good. See what I'm doing, Pat? You're rubbing off on me. I am I'm, I'm, be, I'm becoming intelligent somewhat. <laughs> well, another great show, a great audience out there. We need you, as Pat made me aware of now. We need the reviews, go on iTunes. We want this to go, to go well, we're already uh, global, so we want a bigger audience. And you're the only ones that can give it to us. We appreciate you all. Tell your mother's friends, your grandmother's friends, your kids' friends, Hollywood Godfather Podcast. And we don't use foul language. I don't know if you know that. It's very rare. Very rare. I really
1: like unless that.
0: unless Megan's cursing at us. But anyway. <laughs>
1: it's always me.
0: Good night. All right, my guys. Darling. Good night. Good night, Pat. Love you. When somebody loves you. It's no good unless she loves you All the way Happy to be near you When you need someone to cheer All the way Taller than the tallest trees That's how it's got to feel Deeper than the deep blue seas, that's how deep it goes, if it's real.
3: Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Piccarelli, or myself with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com. You can also call and leave us a message at 646 776 3038. Regarding Gianni's motivational speaking appearances, you can visit his website, GianniRusso.com. You can also visit Amazon.com for a listing of books Patrick Picciarelli has written. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather Podcast, as well as leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your emails and voicemails. Good night.